Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we are tackling a question that we've gotten a number of times from uh, female listeners. And that is whether or not birth control makes it harder to get pregnant, wait for it, down the road after you've gotten off birth control. Right. I can see how a lot of people might think it would. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you, you're, you're knocking out your fertility for the time being yeah. while you're on it. I can see how you would think that, oh gosh, it might take forever to get pregnant right. after I get off birth control pills or stop, you know, using the ring or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, we have some good news for you. Yeah. And the good news is that birth control does not affect future fertility. And that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. listening. Good night. Uh, you can email us. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that is, uh, yeah, that's the good news. I mean, that's, that's really it in a nutshell. I, um, I tweeted about this and Dr. Jen Gunter, um, who is sexual health expert and a doctor tweeted back, no, no? she said the birth control pill does not affect long-term f- fertility at all. Um, and we will continue to reiterate that message over and over again, but let's, let's get into the details. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as a side note, um, typically it takes a couple about eight months to get pregnant. And yes, this is, we're speaking, you know, not, um, uh, sort of setting aside issues with, with fertility, but yeah, generally eight months. Right. And the European Active Surveillance Study on Oral Contraceptive, that is a very long name, yes. um, followed more than 2,000 women who went off birth control with the plan to become pregnant. Uh, they basically wanted to just find out how long it would take them, what their issues were, what mm-hmm. they experienced. And they found that within just one cycle of stopping the pill, more than 21% of women had become pregnant. And what's interesting about that is it's Almost identical. It falls right in line with the natural pregnancy rate of people who are not on birth control, which is between 20 and 25% success rate. That is fast. One month. I know. <sighs> one, one month. Boom. Boom. Um, and then a year after the women stopped using the pill, 79.4% were pregnant and the median time until conception was three months, which is, which is shorter than the eight month. Wait, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with it, with the eight month thing. But the uh, long story short, it was pretty swift. Right. Yeah. So watch out for that. <laughs> and as far as long term use, if you're on the pill for uh, two years, um, it says that women who had used the pill for more than 24 months experienced no effects mm-hmm. on their fertility. So that's good. So it's not like if you're on it for a long time, you're going to, you're you know. Not ever be able to have children. Your fertility is not currently withering away. Correct. In direct proportion to the amount of time that you have been on the pill or the patch or the ring or yeah. the... Your ovaries aren't sitting in there going like, whoop, whoop, I'm sad. With the patch, am I thinking about patch? quitting smoking? No, there's a patch. Smoking there's smoking. a birth control patch okay. for sure. Um, yes. Yes, I've seen it advertised. Um, and 
also, along with the, uh, you know, the good news that it does not put a dent in your fertility, uh, birth control has also been found to potentially, this is not in everyone, uh, but potentially lower the risk of ovarian and, and endometrial cancers. It could also decrease the risk of endometriosis, cysts, and pelvic inflammatory disease. Not to mention, there's more. There's more. Uh, <laughs> it may alleviate PMS symptoms like cramping and heavy bleeding. And, uh, of course, while you're on it, it also reduces the chance of getting pregnant. Right. Babies. <laughs> it reduces uh, the re- chance of babies. Right. As far as when you should sort of start trying or stop waiting to get pregnant, um, Dr. Frank Chervenak over on WebMD, he's from Cornell, says your best bet is to actually complete your current cycle and then attempt to get pregnant. He says this can help with uh, irregular bleeding. Yeah, and um, also there might be a question of, well, if I'm taking birth control, obviously there is birth control is not um, 100%, mm-hmm. especially oral contraceptives. There still is a possibility that you can get pregnant while on the pill. So what happens then if you do get pregnant while you um are on the pill, it also does not increase the risk for miscarriage. Obviously, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you probably want to stop taking your birth control. Right. But um, it actually, I, it was interesting to read because uh, I would think that if you're on any sort of medication or if you're, you know, I, I just felt like any medicine that you're on, if you didn't know you're pregnant, it could have some weird effect on the baby. But right. it actually, I read that it, it doesn't have that pronounced of an effect. So, so yes, get off your birth control as soon as you know you're pregnant. But if you've been taking it before you realized it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's, it's okay. Yeah. Judging by what I read. Um, and also keep in mind that Caroline and I, although we would like to call ourselves doctors, Dr. Irvin, Dr. Conger, we aren't. Right. Um, so really, uh, also, you know, talk to your doctor or nurse, nurse practitioner if right. you are on birth control and are thinking about getting pregnant. Right. Or if you found out you're pregnant while you're still on birth control. Really like, any. Just go to your doctor. Any baby You probably need a questions. physical right now. Just <laughs> yeah. go to your doctor. Stop listening to this. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing with uh, yourself? But speaking of birth control, a lot of this is focused on uh, oral contraceptives, but IUDs have also been controversial in the past because some doctors have said that if you have had an IUD, which is which is an intrauterine device, and it is actually um, one of the most effective forms of birth control, close to 100%. It's about as close to 100% as you can get without abstinence. Um, and there was a 2001 study in the British Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology claiming that long-term use of an IUD by a woman who has not previously been pregnant increases the risk for impaired fertility. And I think this was specifically the copper IUD. Right. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's kind of a, a scary study, you know, yeah. especially if you don't know much about IUDs, you might just think, well, screw it, I'll stay on the pill or I'll just use condoms or whatever. But um, an independent group of researchers actually reanalyzed the data and found no significant difference between long-term users of oral contraceptives and long-term IUD users. And we already talked about how long-term use of the pill doesn't affect your fertility. So that means that they found that long-term IUD use does not either. What they found is that age was much more of a factor. Right. So if you've been using an IUD for a long time, chances are you are older, according to the study, than people who have been using it a short time. And so... 
you know, the older you are, the more difficult it could become to have children or become pregnant. Right. So that's what they're aligning it with. Yeah, because in that, that initial study did not take that into account, which is yet another lesson in why it is so important to pay attention to study methodologies, uh, because it can create, you know, some, some scary headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing about, uh, long-term IUD use is a lot of times, um, they last for up to five years. Yeah. And then what's the kind, there's the kind that lasts for five years and then the kind that can last for like 12 or something. Yeah. I mean, they can, it gets up there. I mean, obviously it you does can get up there. <laughs> Right up into the uterus. Into, literally into your uterus. Um, but of course, it doesn't mean that if you, it, once you get it removed, your fertility should return. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, also Planned Parenthood says that the ability to get pregnant, like I said, returns quickly once the IUD is removed and they're safe to use while breastfeeding. Yeah. So you can pop that sucker right back in after you've had your baby. And by you, we mean your gynecologist. <laughs> right. Right. I know we've talked about pelvic self exams before. Yes. And how some people do have speculums lying around. Not everyone. This is not the same thing there. I did read there is evidence that if uh, bacteria get up into the uterus when the IUD is inserted, uh, an infection can occur. And that is what can affect fertility. Not the IUD itself, but if bacteria get up in there while it's being inserted, that could cause a lot of problems. Right. And also, um, there, uh, there was concern that bacteria could also get onto the strings. It's a T-shaped device for any of you out there who, um, don't know what an IUD looks like. It's a T-shaped device with, uh, two strings that hang off the bottom of it. And there had been concern that bacteria could get into the strings. But um, newer forms of IUDs are much, much better about making sure that that does not keeping those sterile um, while they are inside of you. Right. And whether whether you use a copper releasing device or a progestin releasing one, a hormonal IUD, the job of the IUD is to impair sperm, not to impair your reproductive system. Right. So it's kind of like it's just it's locked the doors. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, not today. But as soon as you take it out, you're like, well, OK, time, <laughs> time for sperm. So, so far, we've got nothing but good news. Let's keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like good news episodes. Um, well, as a strange transition to that, let's talk about abortion. OK, too. because, again, I think there is a concern out there that if you get an abortion, then it might impair your chances of conceiving later on. And according to the Mayo Clinic, abortion generally is not thought to cause fertility issues or complications in later pregnancies. But there might be some links between abortion um, and an increased risk of vaginal bleeding during early pregnancy, preterm birth, low birth weight, and placenta, and placenta previa, which is when the placenta covers the cervix and can cause severe bleeding during pregnancy. But that does not mean, even though that, that all might sound scary, um, but that doesn't mean that having an abortion will uh, diminish your fertility later in life. Correct. And uh, doctor, going back to Dr. Chervenak of Cornell, he said he advises waiting about three months. If you have previously been pregnant or have had a miscarriage or anything like that, you basically need to give your body time to heal before you try to get pregnant again. Right. Um, and just to drive the message home, the Guttmacher Institute um, says that abortion is safe over the long term and, again, carries no risk of fertility-related problems, cancer, ectopic pregnancy, 
or psychological illnesses, which we've touched on um, before in our podcast, mm-hmm. focusing just on abortion. And speaking of ectopic pregnancy, this is an issue that has been associated, too, with IUDs. And an ectopic pregnancy is when the fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus, sometimes in the fallopian tubes. But here's the thing, although we have heard warnings before about um, IUDs possibly uh, increasing the chance of ectopic pregnancy, get this. Overall, women who use IUDs have a significantly lower rate of ectopic pregnancies than women who do not use any contraception. Hmm. How about them apples? Those are some facts. Those are some facts. Well, okay, so we've talked about how birth control does not affect fertility, but what about the people who find they can't get pregnant after they go off birth control? Right. Um, it actually seems to be, according to everything we read, that birth control is not causing fertility problems, but they might mask existing ones. So you could possibly have maybe regular periods, hormonal issues that could affect fertility. But if you go on birth control, it masks those issues by giving you a regular false period, mm-hmm. which is bleeding that's not related to ovulation. Yeah. And if, um, for instance, the infertility issue might have to do with, uh, say, sperm count, then again, you know, since you're not getting pregnant while on birth control, that could be a way that it could mask other issues as well. Right. Those issues could be thyroid disorders, premature ovarian failure, which is early onset menopause, and polycystic ovary syndrome, which, which is actually pretty common, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, since we're talking about things that could make it harder <laughs> to become pregnant down the road, really, we shouldn't be so much concerned about birth control as something such as, oh, I don't know, smoking Oh, really? Yeah, there's all this concern, you know, about, um, you know, birth control. And while I was researching the impact of birth control on fertility long term, the, a, a French study came up basically saying that, uh, that smoking, women who are smoking and men too, it can damage your, your fertility. Right. Along, it actually, with, along with your lungs. I've yeah. Heard. And, and lots of. Other stuff. And your teeth and your face and your hair. Yeah, it actually, it kind of affects a little bit of everything. It can uh, affect the nuclear quality of sperm. Sperm quality is compromised. It kind of gets into your cells and mm-hmm. just like chokes them. So I, I think basically the takeaway from that uh, is that you should just probably try to be as healthy as you can if you want to get pregnant. Yeah. It's not just vitamins. It's quitting smoking. Maybe don't drink. Definitely stop taking birth control pills. I also like that this French study, in a very French kind of way, referred to becoming pregnant um, as a parental project. Sure is. Before they, uh, they it's, it advised quitting smoking before undertaking any parental project. <laughs> like cleaning out the garage, I'm imagining the a, living room, a having blueprint. a baby. Yes. <laughs> a blueprint of, of highly detailed plans for a project of parenting. She's tapping her fingers together in yes, an evil way. Yes. <laughs> uh, one thing, though, that we have not mentioned with all of this, A, is the fact that um, we, we aren't by extension saying that uh, if you get off birth control, everyone will magically and suddenly get pregnant right. within it, a month. It does take time. Yeah, and we recognize that some people are not able to get pregnant. And we really we have not done an episode on fertil- infertility mm-hmm. yet, which would probably be a good idea to talk about at some point. Uh, but we should also bring up the Depo-Provera shots, which, according to WebMD, have a delayed return of fertility from anywhere uh, from three to four months to a year or two. 
Right. The time frame is not related to how long you've been getting the shots. It's not like if you've been getting the shots for however long, you'll be even more <laughs> unable to conceive. The uh, The New York Times had an interesting feature about contraception. It's where we got a lot of our information on IUDs, and it's got all sorts of charts and images. Um, but that overview gives a slightly different time frame than WebMD, that uh, Debo can cause persistent infertility for up to 22 months after the last injection, although the average is about 10 months. Yeah. So if that is your form of contraception, that could possibly be a reason why um, you are having trouble getting pregnant if that's what you are trying to do. You're not doing it anymore. Right. But ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Again, you know, we are not, we're only doctors in, at Halloween parties. Doctors of love. Yeah, doctors, doctors of love is what we are. And with that, I think, I think that covers it. Yeah. Good news today, folks. Spread it around. Birth control, not harming your, your chances of getting pregnant in the long term mm-hmm. once you get off of it and you quit smoking and decide in a very French kind of way, <laughs> perhaps over a baguette while wearing a beret <laughs> to start a parental project. Right after you clean the garage out. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, I don't mean that's not a metaphor. <laughs> I literally mean cleaning the garage. Okay. <laughs> You're blushing a little bit, Caroline. I'm very pale. <laughs> and with that, it's time for listener mail. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is the email address. And I would like to start off with an email from one of my favorite, if it's okay to play, favorites. This is from Diana. Diana, you know who you are. This is in, <laughs> this is hey. in response to um, our episode on soy. And I should note that Diana is a vegan. And she says that I end up having people tell me all kinds of ridiculous things about soy because I'm vegan. And people think I live on the stuff. Just some thoughts on the podcast. She first points out, I think we screwed up the Michael Pollan quote. Um, she says, I'm not a fan of the man, but I am a fan of the quote. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Um, and also, the Indonesian study that we talked about regarding dementia in tofu eaters has been roundly criticized because in that region, they often preserve tofu with formaldehyde. Okay, well, right. I mean, <laughs> so talk about a methodological error. So it's not so much the soy when they look the chemicals. Yes, the formaldehyde. When they look at just the amount of tempeh, which is fermented soy, um, that people ate, there was no link to dementia. And she says, Finally, there are mixed results in terms of soy, but much more straightforward results that are not discussed when it comes to cow's milk. After red meat, cheese, and milk are major predictors of cancer. Hmm. Moreover, milk is not just a complex hormonal concoction evolved to promote... growth in calves and thus might proliferate other cells such as malignant cells and cancer. Cows are milked when they are pregnant in addition to often being given other hormones to promote milk production. I'm always surprised that there is so much more fear-mongering around soy than there is around dairy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Don't don't take cheese away from me. And don't store your tofu in formaldehyde. A lesson for all. (laughs) Yes. Um, This is an email from Melissa about an old episode. Uh, She said that um, she took time to go back and listen to classic mom stuff episodes, specifically the episode on boob politics, a.k.a. the cleavage issue. Mm -hmm. One comment that really stuck with me was that women who wear a D-cup or above should be shopping at Lane Bryant for their bras or see what the store has to help to keep cleavage at bay. This struck a chord with me because I am a D-cup and wouldn't typically shop at Lane Bryant because I am not a plus-size woman. 
I'm about 5'4 and wear between a size 2 and 8, depending on the store. You know how wackadoo sizing is. Yeah, yes. I know. I, I have no idea what size I am, really. Um, I do have a larger bust size, or seemingly larger, for a woman of my height and overall frame. Lane Bryant may have bras that are for as small as 36C, this is a recent inclusion, and then go much higher, but when I attempted to go there to purchase a bra when pregnant and nursing, and even larger than my usual size, it was rather awkward because I was seen as out of place in that store. The assumption that a woman with an endowed bus line should shop at a plus-size clothing store or use that store for a source of their undergarments seemed a little presumptuous. And don't get me started on the fact many who haven't seen me since high school assume I got a boob job due to being a late bloomer, but that is a whole other podcast. Yeah, Indeed any, it is. Well, I'm not, I'm now curious, though, um, uh, for larger breasted women out there, if there are some awesome places to find larger cupped bras in a variety of styles and shapes, you know, let us know. Yeah. Because um, I would also imagine, that was a long time ago, and I would imagine, too, that Lane Bryan is certainly not the only place to go. And uh, one thing... Before we close out here that I did not mention mm-hmm. that Diana wrote in her email, she said, I love the energy that Caroline is bringing to the show. Aww. And I'd like to second that, Caroline. Thanks. No, can I just say, I, look, I, I think Molly was awesome at this podcast. I think she was awesome and great and had amazing contributions. So it's very touching that you guys welcomed me in with open arms. Open arms. Yeah, you guys are like all a, pretty cool. Like a warm snuggie. Yeah, you guys are like <laughs> my warm internet snuggie. <laughs> Something or other. Something. Well, with that, if you'd like to send us, uh, well, warmth and energy and light, like we enjoy. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. Why don't you like us on Facebook? Have have you not done that already? (laughs) So Uh, accusatory. (laughs) All it takes is a click of a button and a thumbs up. And then follow us on Twitter if you'd like to get some tweets at MomStuffPodcast. And you can read the blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?